0: We are forced to name. Chapter 9 Gifts Crowley had never seen Azira fell so determined to get fucked up, would have been worried about it, if that didn't smack of incredible hypocrisy. They split the bottle about evenly, unlike their typical 70-30 arrangement, sitting together on a couch facing the bed, watching snow drift across the window in flurries of white, backs to the door as they passed the wine back and forth, swigging straight from the bottle. It really was a rather nice wine, and Crowley felt a little bad for having it wasted on him, not exactly being a connoisseur of that sort of thing, but fuck it, Aziraphale deserved whatever he wanted right now, and if that was silence and a bottle of very nice wine, Crowley was glad to give it to him. Aziraphale broke the silence eventually, swallowing down the dregs of the wine before looking at Crowley very intently. "'What's your favourite season?' What? Crowley was buzzed, not even particularly close to drunk, but the question was so out of the blue he struggled to process it for a minute. You mean like winter, summer, that kind of shit? Yeah. What's your favourite? Crowley had no idea why the blonde might want to know, decided it might be more entertaining to find out than answer straight away. What do you think it is? Rafael seemed to consider, swinging the empty wine bottle back and forth in his fingers. Mm, ''I think you like winter,'' he said decisively. ''And why's that?'' ''Because... because winter's, you know, quiet, so quiet and clean, especially when it snows, and it's cold but it's soft too.'' You know how sometimes when it's really cold outside, but you're inside, you feel like maybe you're the only person in the whole world, and it doesn't feel bad, you just feel like you're in a chrysalis, you know, like butterflies. And things have more weight in the winter, too, because it's so inhospitable outside. Just one kindness or cruelty can be the difference between life and death for someone. It just makes regular stuff matter more, you know? And people are always complaining about it, but without winter, the rest of it's so boring. I can't imagine not having a winter. He smiled goofily up at Crowley. And maybe half a bottle was enough for Aziraphale to be drunk, or maybe he was just in a particularly honest mood, but Crowley didn't mind in the least, felt like he was about to do something stupid and embarrassing, like tear up or tell Aziraphale that he loved him and that definitely couldn't be allowed to happen. You know, Crowley mused. I always thought fall was my favourite season. All the colours, you know, and it smells like leaves and everything is sharp because it's dying. And the days get shorter, but they're not quite fully dark yet. Not cold like winter is, just enough for a jacket. Maybe a hot drink, like cider or spiced milk. Oh! Aziraphale sounded intrigued, as though he had never considered the benefits of fall as a season before. "'What do you think my favourite season is, then?' he asked after a moment, depositing the bottle onto the floor and curling his legs up onto the couch, leaning heavily against Crowley, wrapping both of his soft arms around a sharp, lanky one, chin at Crowley's shoulder. Crowley thought about it for a bit.' It was exceedingly clear that winter was Aziraphale's favourite season. No one waxed rhapsodic about the shittiest and coldest time of year unless they loved it, but he thought about what he might have assumed Aziraphale's favourite season to be, if he had been asked before hearing the blonde's little speech. Well, now that I know how much you apparently like winter, I'd say that. But I thought your favourite season might be spring, actually. Everything fresh and new, and there's so much life everywhere. Seems like your kind of thing. He shrugged defensively. Go on, then. Sell me on it. What's so great about spring? Ooh, well, there's lots of baby animals around, and you like those. And, and... "'Things are blooming and stuff. "'I don't know if you have allergies or whatever, "'but the air just gets absolutely saturated "'with the smell of flowers and trees and new green things. "'And it rains, yeah, but it's good rain, "'and you can almost feel the whole world waking up, "'like winter was just some long nap, "'and now everything can start up again. "'Dunno.' He shrugged again. Aziraphale hummed thoughtfully, the sound vibrating directly to Crowley's bones, burrowing down into his marrow. He shoved his free hand into the pocket of his jeans, surprised to find it not entirely empty. He pulled out the squashed papery thing he could feel at the bottom, delighted to find not a cigarette, but a joint. "'Hey, Aziraphale, look what I found!' He sing-songed, waggling the misshapen little thing in front of the blonde's face. Oh yes, let's. Aziraphale was already standing up, making a bee-line for his bed and the window, their usual perch for this. Wait, wait. We gotta do gifts first. Don't want to forget when I'm too high to think. Oh yes, right. Gifts. Where did I? Raphael looked around the room, squinting against the dark. Ah he dove under a tiny side table and pulled out the thick, wide rectangle, wrapped in cheery plate wrapping paper, covered in little bells and Merry Christmases. Mine first he said, unnecessarily, as he dumped the surprisingly heavy package into Crawley's lap. Crowley lifted it, shook it, and held it up to his ear to make Aziraphale laugh, though he knew it must be some kind of book. He had told Aziraphale he didn't like reading, but the blonde was so stubborn about the classics and Crowley's thoughts were pulled up short when he tore away the wrapping paper and saw the huge block print of the title. The Extremely Big Book of Astronomy. His breath caught in his throat, and he opened it, turned the first few full-colour pages reverently. How? But Aziraphale was already babbling away. I know you don't like books, and you've told me so a million times, but I saw this and it made me think of you because of... Well, you remember when we had, um... had that picnic? Out in the field? And you showed me some of the constellations? And you just seemed so happy when you talked about them. But Crowley wasn't listening anymore. Aziraphale's soft voice drowned out by the sudden roar inside his head. Aziraphale remembered that, had listened to Crowley's high rambling about the stars and thought, I will remember this. Because even back then he knew Crowley so well, could tell when he actually cared about something, and wasn't that a fucking thought. He'd always known how to get right inside the walls Crowley threw up around himself, with his sunglasses and his leather jacket, had walked right in like Crowley had left a gate open for him, had seen through the motorcycle and reckless behavior, knew him more intimately than anyone else on the planet. Shit, that was a bit much to think about.' It couldn't possibly be healthy, Crowley could recognize that much, but he just... didn't have anyone else. He was functionally alone in the world, had made sure to be as uninviting a person as possible, harshly rebuffing anyone brave enough to try and befriend him. The only other living things that Crowley cared about were his plants and the little garden he had built into a sort of home around himself, that he used as a buffer against the world until Aziraphale had stumbled along into his life and got him all mixed up, made him soft and vulnerable and stupid. Crowley wanted to hate him for it, he really did. He wanted to hate that it felt like he had handed Aziraphale a very sharp knife, had pointed out all his soft, squishy bits, and had known in his very soul that he wouldn't even fight back, if Aziraphale used it, could do nothing but trust him not to gut Crowley like a helpless animal. Making himself to be so vulnerable felt fucking terrible, if he was honest, felt foreign and ugly and raw offering up all his flaws for judgment. But Aziraphale had never been anything but welcoming and soft against him, had never poked at his weaknesses and cruelty, never pushed Crowley's buttons on purpose, might be the only person on earth who even knew where exactly those buttons were. He was absolutely besotted with this boy. Fuck. If something were to happen, or they broke up for whatever reason, Crowley wasn't even sure what he would do with himself, the thought alone enough to send a bone-deep chill through him. Best not to think about it. And when Aziraphale went off to college, well, he supposed they would cross that bridge when they came to it, together, and not a moment sooner. He didn't want to think about it, and why should he? It was good, so blissfully fucking good, how could he imagine that anything would go wrong? That was his second mistake. But he didn't know it yet— was still busy luxuriating in the thought that Aziraphale had listened to him and had gotten him something Crowley might have never purchased for himself, might not even have realized he wanted, until the blonde had handed it over to him with those bright eyes, his trademark delighted wiggle. Crowley threw himself at Aziraphale, cutting off his words and pushing their mouths together, murmuring his thanks into that soft, warm space. You are definitely not about to fucking cry right now, because your boyfriend got you a beautiful gift. Come on, that's just pathetic. He kissed Azirafel until the feeling had settled, the sharp press of it sinking from behind his eyes and relaxing its grip around his throat, winding its way down to rest somewhere in the region of his heart. And that was all right, he was used to that by now, could withstand a thousand years of that familiar ache he felt around Aziraphale, if he had to. Would be glad to do it, even. Let me... He pulled away, had to clear his throat. throat) Let me grab yours, just give me a second... He turned around, weaving his way through the random assemblage of furniture he knew better than his own living room, towards the door, where he had deposited his jacket-wrapped gift hours ago. He had thought very carefully about what kind of gift he wanted to give Aziraphale. The blonde was still a rich kid, used to the kind of extravagant luxuries Crowley couldn't even dream about, and Crowley barely had thirty dollars to his name. He knew he couldn't just buy something, wouldn't be able to afford the kinds of things Aziraphale deserved. So it had to be personal instead, a gift so stupidly sentimental that Crowley had refused to let himself imagine how Aziraphale might react to it, knew he would just freak himself out and then show up empty-handed, and that wouldn't have done at all. It's a bit... well... I didn't, uh, wrap it or anything. I hope you don't mind. And if you don't like it, I can always just take it back. No worries. Raphael reached out for it, ignoring Crowley's desperate attempts to talk him into dismissing the gift before he'd even seen it. Crowley shoved the thing away from himself, deposited it in Aziraphale's hands, watched him pull away the jacket with wide, terrified eyes, wanted to look away but needed to see how the blonde would react. Aziraphale gasped when the word thing was exposed to the room, Crowley's jacket slumping unceremoniously to the floor at Aziraphale's feet. It was a squat little thing, wide green leaves and a black plastic pot, but it was also a piece of Crowley, of his home, of the life he tried to surround himself with, the only thing that was his, that he had done himself, and he was giving it to Aziraphale, showing him in an abstract sort of way that he made Crowley want to live, that he felt like home, and he hoped Aziraphale would know, because there was no chance in hell "'of Crowley admitting that out loud. "'Is this—' "'Aziraphale brushed his fingers over the leaves softly, "'as he had done when he had first seen it. "'It's, uh—it's called a fiddle-leaf fig. "'You can keep it in here, even. "'They don't need that much. "'And you seem to like it so much when—' "'He swallowed convulsively. "'When you came over, that first time, and I thought you might—' Raphael cut him off, eyes blazing and serious, gaze unwavering on Crowley's face. "'I love you.' He said it, like it was a fact, like it was simple, like it wouldn't make Crowley feel as though he'd been dropped off the edge of the earth. And maybe it was simple, for him.' Maybe love was something that came easily to someone like Aziraphale, something natural and effortless, and Crowley nearly envied that. He wished love was something that was accessible to him, wasn't a miracle just for happening at all— Aziraphale couldn't have known that Crowley hadn't heard those words directly towards him since his mother had left, couldn't have known how he ached for them, how sometimes, on especially bad nights, he would lie very, very still and whisper them to himself, over and over, trying to get them right, trying to make them feel real, trying to feel them for himself." but it didn't matter because crowley's love for aziraphale had outstripped anything he'd thought himself capable of before had grown until it nearly didn't fit inside him anymore until his affection bled out towards aziraphale in a constant thrum that matched his heartbeat i love you i love you i love you he knew he knew he must have, must have understood what Crowley meant to say with his gift, what he couldn't say. And fell, brave enough for the both of them, had put it into words. Still, Crowley wasn't prepared for it, not at all. He was frozen, thought dazedly that perhaps he should sit down because he wasn't entirely sure where his legs were at the moment— There was a ringing in his ears that he was fairly certain hadn't been happening a minute ago, and, oh, fuck, he had to say something, didn't he? Opened his mouth to reply, but no words would come out, not even air managing to get through the block in his throat. He just stood there, gaping at Aziraphale like a complete idiot for what felt like four consecutive eternities. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. Crowley, are you all right? You don't have to. You don't have to say it back or anything. I just want it. Crowley finally managed to unlock his throat, still couldn't produce anything other than a dry squeak in response. Crowley! You've loved this boy since you met him. What the fuck are you doing? Say something, goddammit. You're going to break his fucking heart. You idiot. Honestly, Crowley, are you okay? Maybe you should sit down? At that, Crowley's knees decided they didn't much feel like holding him upright anymore, and he buckled sideways, fortunately falling into a conveniently located armchair, instead of cracking his head open on the floor. He let out another dry squeak, and Aziraphale rushed over to him, leaning over him in the chair and placing a hand on his forehead, as though checking for fever. ''Sorry,'' Crowley managed to whisper, "'What? No, don't apologise. What are you apologising for?' "'Sorry,' he repeated. "'Just uh, caught me by surprise there.' (laughs) He chuckled weakly. "'I'll say. You look like I knocked the wind right out of you.' "'You always do,' Crowley thought but didn't say it, didn't need to confuse Aziraphale any more than he already had with his histrionics.' He was such a fucking baby, swooning like a Victorian maiden at being told his feelings were reciprocated. Pathetic. After a moment, felt shifted back from him. So, um, did you still want to... He trailed off, nodding towards Crowley's pocket, where he had restowed the joint, pursing his lips in that prudish way he had, and it shook a weak laugh out of Crowley. "'Yeah, sure,' he croaked, levered himself up and out of the armchair, and tried to remind himself how to breathe like a normal person as he walked over to Aziraphale's bed. They crawled up to the window, and Crowley lit the crumpled joint with shaking fingers, wasn't sure if Aziraphale didn't notice or if he was just too polite to comment. Probably the latter. Aziraphale and his fucking manners.' At least this would calm him down, familiar territory, comfortable. They smoked out the window, close together, fingers and wrists brushing as they passed the little stub back and forth, releasing plumes of warm grey smoke into the night, catching snowflakes on their fingers, air bright and sharp against their faces. Aziraphale was very physically affectionate when he was high. Crowley had figured that one out very early, practically from the get-go. And that didn't mean it was necessarily sexual or anything, though they had fucked high before. He just liked to touch Crowley, any way he could, fingers skating over his skin and clothes, utterly consumed by the textures of the world and his desire to feel them. Sometimes it was more than that, and this, apparently, was one of those times. Crowley had barely closed the window before Aziraphale was in his lap, one arm slung around his neck to keep him close, the other tracing lines against his scarp, kissing him like it was new, like he had never tasted Crowley before and wanted nothing more than to gorge himself on it. And Crowley knew he'd never get over it, the way they fit together, like the first time his fingers had curled around the throttle of his bike, the bone-deep sense of rightness to it, like it was made for him, for his hands. Aziraphale felt that way, not like he fit into Crowley's hands, but like they just sort of clicked together on a, Crowley had to roll his eyes at himself, metaphysical level. Like their souls matched, and he'd always thought the concept of soulmates was dumb, definitely just created by some industry as an excuse to sell off a false ideal of love for profit. But maybe there was something to it. Sap. He couldn't help but scold himself, winding his arms tighter around the blonde and pressing them chest to chest. He could feel Aziraphale's heartbeat this way, could feel the rhythm of it against his own, the same thrum, you're alive, you're alive, you're alive, and the longer he listened, the more it started to sound like, I love you, I love you, I love you. Aziraphale pulled away, just enough for eye contact, their chests still pressed together. Crowley? Yeah? He let his hands wander, let them target at Aziraphale's hips and fit themselves up along his ribs, under his arms. I think I want to try it the other way. What? Crowley couldn't help the confused frown that creased his forehead. The other way? Aziraphale blushed and Crowley was momentarily distracted by it. You know, with you uh, on top... Oh, oh, you know we don't uh, ever have to do it that way if you don't want to, right? Yes, I know. I want to. He leaned back in, pressed their foreheads together, whispered his next words like the secret they were. I want to feel you inside me. Well, Jesus fucking Christ. Apparently Azirafael had just made it his goal to kill Crowley today, but at least this he had thought about a lot, and he knew what he wanted here. He let out a loud breath, squeezing his eyes shut against the clamour in his head at those words spoken like that. Christ, you can't just say things like that. He paused. Got his thoughts in order. Okay. Yes, yes, we can definitely do that. Aziraphale started trying to wiggle out of his lap, but he held him still. But not today. Aziraphale's face fell, those puppy dog eyes making an Oscar-worthy appearance. I want... God, this was going to sound so stupid, so mushy and romantic. He had to get it out before he lost his nerve. I want it to be special. For you, I want to... to make it perfect. Fuck, that had sounded better in his head. He ducked down, buried his face against Aziraphale's chest, embarrassed. Oh... It was quiet for a moment, fell rubbing his hands up and down the length of Crowley's back, under his suit jacket. I think I'd like that. There was a smile in his voice, and Crowley risked tilting his head up to look at him. Yeah. Those stupid, fucking, earnest blue eyes would be the death of him. He was sure of it. Yeah. Aziraphale leaned back in, kissed him so softly that Crowley had to squeeze his own eyes shut until he saw stars, because his chest ached where it was pressed against Aziraphale's, and he never wanted to let go, never wanted to leave this exact second. But Aziraphale had plans, the horny bastard, and he broke their kiss to wiggle his way downwards, pulling Crowley's hips forward so he could lay back on the bed, hands hungry and urgent at his belt. He pulled it open, tugging harshly at the button and zip of Crowley's jeans, eyes alight and fixed between his legs, the very tip of his tongue peeking out as he concentrated on reaching his goal. The first time Aziraphale had taken him into his mouth, the first time he had put his mouth on anyone that way, he had been so nervous, shaking fingers and wide eyes. Crowley had reassured him over and over that he didn't have to, it wasn't that important, but Aziraphale was determined. He had kissed and tongued his way around the shaft for a long while, afraid to try and fit it into his mouth. At Crowley's gentle encouragement, he had sealed his lips around the head and sucked softly, eyes up to see Crowley's reaction, a grumbling groan spurring him on to suck harder, fit just a tiny bit more of Crowley into his mouth. He got stuck about two-thirds of the way down, refused to go any further, terrified he would choke on it. But now... The speed with which Aziraphale had overcome his nerves when it came to this particular act was stunning, and frankly, a bit disturbing. He was ravenous for Crowley's cock, would swallow it down whenever it pleased him, which was often, and Crowley certainly wasn't complaining, but fuck, it was a lot to have someone who loved to taste, to savor all manner of comestible delicacies so carefully and reverently, drooling and humming around him. That seemed to be what he was going for tonight, so Crowley helped push down his trousers, tearing his jacket off and pulling his shirt over his head, heedless of the protesting buttons, spreading his legs obediently so that Aziraphale could settle between them, licking his lips and looking unbelievably hungry. Crowley had to look away to compose himself, missed Aziraphale's mischievous little grin as he brought his mouth down, and down, and down, and Crowley couldn't help the noisy exclamation of surprise he let out at Hazirafel's mouth there. They'd never done that before, and only one of Crowley's previous partners had even suggested it to him in the past. And they'd never gotten around to trying it. But Aziraphale had gone straight for it, buried his face between Crowley's legs and pressed a kiss to the closed butt of his opening, nose tucked up under his sack, and Crowley could feel the brush of his cheeks against the sensitive insides of his crease, barely managed to stop himself from jackknifing off the bed in surprise. Aziraphale took his aborted jerk as encouragement, fingers digging into the give of his rear, tucking his thumbs in along his cheeks and pulling Crowley open, tentatively swiping his tongue out in a soft lick against the sensitive flesh. Oh! He was shouting. Was he shouting? He had to be quiet, forced himself to bring a hand up to his mouth so he could bite down savagely on a knuckle, that twinge of pain letting him focus back on the world outside of Aziraphale's mouth, no small feat, considering where that mouth currently was. Where the fuck did you learn about this angel? Mm. He had barely managed to muffle himself in time, and his chest was already heaving, back arching uncontrollably as he bit down. Azirafel pulled back with a sucking kiss against his hole. Oh, you know, just around. And he dropped back down, laving his tongue in broad, flat strokes against the hole of him, then pointed it and pushed around his centre curiously. "'testing the give of the flesh. "'Did you fucking... did you fucking read about this?' "'He was breathless, wanted to sound outraged, just sounded aroused. "'Oh, well.' "'Aziraphale pulled back a bit, just enough that Crowley could see him blush. "'Oh, Christ!' He dropped his head back against the white fluff of the bed, a breathless laugh punching out of him as he clutched at the sheets, with the hand that was not still cautiously held up to his mouth, ready for him to bite and muffle himself if, when, necessary. Aziraphale pressed in again, close enough for Crowley to feel the damp puff of his breath against the most intimate, private part of him. ''Do you like it?'' Are you joking? Don't stop. Crowley couldn't stop shifting his knees, his hands, grabbing at nothing and everything. Oh, fuck, it was so good. Why had they never done this before? Aziraphale huffed a laugh against him, a very strange sensation that Crowley had certainly never felt before, and got back to it, tongue circling and pushing patiently. The wet pressure of it, the soft, sucking kisses Azirafel was pressing against him, had his thighs jerking uncontrollably, his hips fighting against Aziraphel's hold on him, unsure whether to press into or away from the strange, intense feeling. Aziraphel licked at him like he wanted to saturate his tongue with a flavor. Wide, flat strokes and urgent, pointed presses. He pulled to the side a moment, catching his breath, biting softly at the tender insides of Crowley's thighs, just at the crease where they met his torso, and Crowley had to bite his knuckles again to stop himself from crying out at the thought of Aziraphale, leaving him with bruises there, bruises no one else would ever see, secret and dark and tender, just for them. Aziraphale didn't let up, managed to loosen Crowley enough to actually get his tongue inside, and what the fuck, Crowley was going to pass out if he kept that up, no really, and then Aziraphale had to go and bring one of his hands up and around, so carefully dragging just the very tip of his fingers along the shaft of Crowley's cock, where it was twitching and pulsing out beads of precum against his stomach, and that apparently was enough, and Crowley was coming with a poorly muffled cry, tasting blood on his knuckles as he bit through the skin, thighs shaking and stomach pulled tight as Aziraphale kept his tongue working, flickering around the rim as it clenched and released rhythmically, matching the quiet noises Crowley was still making with each pulse, soft and wrecked. Crowley slumped boneless to the bed, legs dropping open even further, heels sliding along the sheets, one hand vaguely pushing at Aziraphale's head, oversensitive in an entirely new way. Fuck. Eloquence, not his strong point right now. Aziraphale. He had to stop again. That was... "'Jesus Christ, I don't even think I can explain to you how good that was!' Aziraphale made a pleased little humming noise, sliding himself up along Crowley's side, one arm thrown around his waist, pressing little kisses against his jaw as he ground himself against Crowley's hip. He made a frustrated noise, pulled at his own clothes until they were both naked, and Crowley was pretty sure he could die happy, just like this. Just give me a second and I can... Crowley waved an arm vaguely towards Aziraphale's lower half. No, no, don't bother. I want... like this. Aziraphale demurred, punctuating his statement with an emphatic roll of his hips. "'I want to keep touching you.' "'At least let me.' Crowley wiggled a hand down between them, his grip on Aziraphale awkward, but probably better than whatever friction his hip had been providing. Aziraphale kept himself wrapped around Crowley, as much skin-to-skin contact as possible given that Crowley was on his back and Aziraphale was pressed up against his side, panting against his neck and offering up soft bites and kisses of appreciation as Crowley's hand worked over him. Crowley tightened his grip and tilted himself towards Aziraphale, rolled up onto his side, pressed their lips together in a weak approximation of a kiss— "'artless and breathy and fucking perfect. "'He pulled back and made a face when he realized he could taste himself on Aziraphale's tongue, "'musky and bitter, and Aziraphale couldn't help but laugh at that, "'interrupting himself halfway through with a moan as his hips flexed forward, "'fucking himself into Crowley's hand. "'He came softly.' quietly, the needy rocking of his hips slowing as Crowley worked him gently through it, getting up to grab the tissues Aziraphale had learned to keep near his bed, throwing on his boxers and a rare T-shirt of Aziraphale's that he borrowed whenever he slept over. Grabbing one for Aziraphale as well, still laid out on the bed like some kind of decadent courtesan, waiting patiently for the attention of a lover." Crowley crawled back onto the bed, cleaning Aziraphel off and offering him the T-shirt before settling back down, lifting an arm so Aziraphel could warm his way in close, could get his hand up under Crowley's shirt and stroke gentle circles into the skin of his chest. He started to hum some stupidly cheery Christmas tune, and Crowley felt overwhelming fondness setting over him like a physical weight, like a thick wool blanket, and before he knew it, his eyes were sliding closed, breaths slowing into the gentle rhythm of sleep.